0: Good morning. Good morning. Would you just look over to the person next to you and say happy Easter? Now, now, would you just look over and say happy resurrection day? Man, it is so great to see you all this morning. We're always thankful for the celebration of Christians around this nation for this incredible day. But this day, as we read earlier, it didn't begin this way. No, this day originally began with a little bit of mourning. It was three ladies. Three ladies that were on their way to a tomb to embalm the Lord Jesus Christ with some spices. Well, on their way, Mark's gospel tells us that they were talking amongst themselves. And one of them said, who will roll away the stone for us? In other words, how in the world are we going to get to God? Because this stone, oh, this stone was, it was in front of the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. That's a title. And titles were given to very rich, wealthy people, and the tombs of very rich, wealthy people displayed that they were very rich and wealthy. In this particular tomb, it probably had an opening of about four to six feet, and just imagine the stone that would have to roll in front of that in order to cover it. It was a very large stone. That's what Mark tells us. He says it was a mega stone, and this stone It must have weighed two to 4,000 pounds. Now, to shut it was very easy. And the way that they fashioned it was the stone was on an incline. It was held with somewhat of a wedge. And they'd simply move the the, uh, little wedge. And the stone would just go roll right in front of the tomb and be sandwiched in between two different rocks. No one was getting out. If you were inside, you were not getting out. And... If you're three women on your way to move a two to 4,000-pound stone, it's impossible, and they knew it. So they asked the question, who's going to roll away the stone? They were powerless to move this obstacle in the way of getting to God. Yet I found in this question the question and the plight of everyone in humanity. Who is going to roll the stone away? Who's going to remove the obstacle in front of us that keeps us from getting to God. Truly, we're powerless to save ourselves. For the history of man, for the history of humanity, no one has ever lived forever. No one. Mortally, it's impossible. No one can live forever. Everyone dies. But what's impossible with man is absolutely possible with God getting back into our story these ladies they continue on their journey wondering who's going to roll the stone away and as they're walking there as we read in Matthew's gospel chapter 28 the earth began to shake the earth began to shake they didn't know what was happening all they simply said was who was going to roll the stone away but God God the father heard their prayer And he sent an angel to roll away the stone because Christ, Christ had risen. Christ had risen indeed. He was no longer in that tomb. So much so, the angel invited the ladies inside to see with their own eyes the evidence that Christ was no longer there. And here they're thinking, and here they thought that this stone was going to be a huge obstacle in getting to Christ. But here is this angel He's just peacefully sitting on top of the stone that they thought was going to be a huge obstacle. And not only is he sitting up there, he's wearing lightning white garments. Now, let me explain. First century world, these were the garments of the victorious athlete. And as the athlete would be walking across this podium to receive his crown of whatever event that he won, he would be wearing this this white garment that looked like lightning white. And what the angel is proclaiming is victory. There are all the demons trying to roll a stone and keep it sealed. And here's the angel sitting on top saying, victory. Victory? The stone had been rolled away. And the stone represents what happened to the greatest obstacle of us getting to God. It was rolled away. Death was rolled away. Now remember, the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And death is his greatest work. But Paul would say, Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, oh, death, where is your victory? Because death had been defeated. See, death is the punishment of sin, and it's the greatest weapon of the enemy. And Jesus, the stronger man, Jesus, the stronger of the two, listen, he marches right into the camp, and he destroys the greatest weapon of our enemy. He destroys the the death penalty because he conquered death and rose from the dead. Now, the the enemy had a plan. Oh, he had a great plan, so he thought. Let's put two Roman guards in front. Let's seal it with the governor's signet ring. Let's make sure that no one gets into or out of that particular tomb. And God stood listening to this plan and laughed at their attempt to hold the Savior in for longer than three days. No wonder Paul would say in Colossians chapter 2 that the resurrection and the power of the resurrection made a laughingstock of the enemy. Nothing was going to hold him in that grave because we're victorious. As believers in Christ, our faith, our faith is the victory that overcomes. You see, for those of us who believe, death death is no longer a punishment to be separated from God. It's a passageway to enter into rest. That's why the angel said to the believers, do not fear. And let me tell you something. I've been in many hospital rooms because the truth of the matter is everyone passes. And I've been in hospital rooms where there's fear and there's anxiety. And what's going to happen to me? And I've been in hospital rooms where worship music is playing and there's nothing but peace and tranquility because they know that they've been saved. They've heard someone say to them, don't be afraid. And they chose to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. But for those who don't believe, for those who don't believe, you heard as I read the story, the two soldiers, well, they trembled in fear. Now, they didn't go look inside to see that if the body had been, it was there or not there. They, they didn't listen to what the angel said. No, instead they chose, well, they chose to run to man. If you read on in the story in Matthew chapter 28, they ran to the Sanhedrin. They ran to the very ones that wanted Jesus crucified. They ran to man to find an answer. And that's what fear does. When you're afraid, you run away. And spiritually, when we're afraid, we run away from God. Fear causes the unbeliever to run away from God and run to man for the answer. And all man does is feed nothing but, well, let me explain. When the soldiers got there. This is what man said for them to do. Hey, we got an idea. We want you as Roman soldiers, just tell the governor you fell asleep and, well, here's the deal, (laughs) the the disciples came and stole the body. That's what you want them to tell. And if you're worried, as a Roman soldier, because we know you're not supposed to fall asleep, don't worry, we'll pay off the governor. Don't worry about it. So they run to man and here's what man tells them, a lie. Tell them to lie. And he gives a lie. And they say a lie because it wasn't true. Jesus had risen from the grave. Oh, you have nothing more to convince me of. The very disciples that ran away from Jesus at the cross are the very ones who gave their lies for Jesus. All of them, not one of them said it was a lie. They also deceived him. Because let me tell you the punishment of a Roman soldier for falling asleep on duty. Certain death. There was no way out of it. And they convinced those two, don't worry about it, we'll pay them off. No Roman procurer was going to give two soldiers an excuse to fall asleep because that would give the rest of the garrison the opportunity to do the same. They lied to them and they deceived them. This would cost them their very lives. And they chose to believe the lie. This is what man does. Man always tries to put a stone in front of the grave. Always tries to put an obstacle in front of the grave. And maybe you're one of those. You've got some stones. You don't know how you're going to get to Jesus because, well, you've got the scientific stone. Well, let me tell you something. The Big Bang. Maybe you've got a problem with God because you believe in the Big Bang. Well, let me tell you something. I believe in the Big Bang. Let me tell you. God said, let there be light. Boom! There was light they got it right, finally. Maybe you have a scientific stone. What about those dinosaurs? I mean, I mean, where, where, where are they from? It? How did this all happen? Can I tell you something? We only discovered dinosaurs a few centuries ago. But in Job chapter 40, 3,000 years ago, Job writes about the behemoth He writes that the behemoth had a long neck that reached and ate the trees. You can read it for yourself in Psalm chapter 40 and had a tail like a cedar tree. That's a big animal. And listen to what Job said. It's Job chapter 40. I'm going to read it for you. Verse 19. He is the first of the works of God. Speaking of the dinosaur. He's the first of the works of God. Let him who made him bring near his sword. Well, in Hebrew, a sword means death. And what God is saying here, I made them for extinction. That's why I made them. And scientists, oh, how smart we are. I just read a recent article that said, we've just realized as scientists, they've just realized as scientists, there was a cataclysmic event that destroyed the dinosaurs. My sixth grade granddaughter could have told you that. All you have to do is read Genesis and discover the flood. That's why we've got fossils. What about Matthew Morey? Well, maybe you don't know him and you've got a scientific stone and it's keeping you from get to God. I don't know if you've ever heard of Matthew Morey. Well, Matthew Morey, one day he's having his devotions. And he reads this in Psalm chapter 8. Listen, you have given him dominion over the works of your hands the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. When he read that, he thought to himself, if God says there's roads in the sea, there must be roads in the sea. So he started looking for these paths in the sea and he discovered the cold and the hot currents of the ocean. And today he's known as the father of oceanography, all from Psalm chapter eight. God's known science for a long time. He can roll that stone away. What about the scholar stone? Oh, man, we know so much more than God. Are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, the scholar stone. It's 1845. We just discovered this. 1845. Swedish doctor, 30% of the women that are coming into this Swedish hospital to give birth are dying. 30% of them. he's going, why is the mother mortality rate so big in the hospital? And you know what he boiled it down to? The doctors weren't washing their hands. And they were going from one delivery to the next, to the next, to the next. Let me tell you something. In Leviticus chapter 19, the Bible says, when you deal with infections, wash your hands with running water. Hello. We just discovered that in 1845. God knew about it 3,000 years ago in the book of Leviticus. What about George Washington? Just the 1700s. Just the 1700s, they thought, well, George, here's the deal. We're going to put a little hole in you and let your blood just drain out. That will heal you. Are you kidding me? We look at that now and go, you should never do that. God said in Leviticus chapter 17, life is in the blood. Now, how many of you have gone to the doctor and they take a little vial of blood to find out what's going on inside your life? Life is in the blood. We think we're so smart. God says, I wrote all that in the book of Leviticus. Well, maybe your stone. It's not the scientific one. Maybe your stone is not the scholar stone. Maybe it's the self stone. Because when the year 2000 hit, the doctrine of self was at its peak. You got to think more about you. Oh, it started in the 1980s, 1979 to be exact, with Self Magazine. It's all about you. It's all about how you can make a better life. And then, at the climax of this self movement... We have O. Take a look. Are you ready for some good news? Wait a second. Oprah's going to tell me the gospel? Take a look at this next title. Would you see for just a minute who are you meant to be? You're going to give me my life's purpose? And do you know since June of 2000, ladies, I'm sorry if you're an O person, but our magazine has been dropping the last five years anyway. So here's the deal. I read about it this last night. Here's the deal. Oprah's gonna give me good news. Oprah's gonna tell me where I can find my purpose. Oprah's gonna be the one. Let me tell you about Oprah 228 issues since June of 2000. She alone is on the front cover of every single one. Self. Because everyone in the world wants to see a picture of me. Let me tell you, I read an article. Some recent research came out about self. In the year 2019, we've got more depressed people and more people on medication than ever in the history of the world. And the research was people that only think about themselves are more depressed. But people that are generous and give to others live longer and have less stress in their life. Hello. Jesus talked about that in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you want to be happy? Give to God. Give to others. Don't think about yourself. That's our Jesus. That's what he does. He rolls that selfish stone away. He rolls every stone away from you getting to his truth. And since especially he rolled away the stone of death, there's nothing impossible for him. He'll roll away any stone. That's why each one of us that believe in Jesus have a unique story. That's why each one of us have a story where he rolled our stone away. Did you hear the testimony? Did you hear how Jesus rolled the stone away for Ella? Did you hear how he uniquely rolled her stone away and he will do the same for you and for me? That's why the angel told the believers, don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus. I know. Hear that, believer. Don't be afraid, for I know. Hey, Christian, believer, I want you to know that God knows exactly where you're at right now. He knows what you're struggling with, He knows what to say, and He knows when to say it to speak directly to your heart. He knows that for some of you, this holiday is not a joyous event. It's a sad one, and he knows a word of comfort. He knows the depth of your being to lead you down the right path just for you. He knows exactly what to say to help you on your journey. And maybe he'll use me. Maybe he'll use the person sitting next to you because he used an angel to give the direction to these three ladies. Maybe he wants to use the angel sitting next to you to communicate something or maybe even this pastor to speak directly to your heart just like God used the angel to direct them to help them on their journey. And so he gave them the word and the angel said to the ladies, go and tell the other disciples. The Bible says they ran quickly. Now, a little note, a little note for us just to take offline for just a minute. He says, go and quickly run. He says, go and be obedient and do it quickly because this is where you're going to find your greatest joy. And I need to let you in on a little secret. He knew what was in front of them. The angel was telling them to run as quick as they could because there was a surprise ahead of them. Would you look at Matthew chapter 28, verse nine, and behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. There's the surprise. There's what the angel knew about. Jesus is alive and he looks at the ladies and he says, greetings, he says, rejoice. You see, our obedience to God's word Believer is going to lead us to our greatest joy. He knows how to direct you. And if we will quickly obey, we're going to run right into Jesus and find our greatest joy. Because it's him, Jesus the Christ. We read on their response. They dropped to their knees and they worshipped. They gave their lives as a living sacrifice to God. And their act of humble submission to our risen Savior is an example for us. Believer, listen, to surrender our lives. You're going to find your greatest joy in choosing to be obedient to him and his words. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we are so thankful and so grateful that today is a day that we celebrate you're alive. You've risen from the grave. And I pray now, would you speak in this place?